You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant. And today I have such a surprise in store for all of you today. I get to interview, I would call him one of my best friends, even though we haven't talked for a little while. It's been a little while. Life gets busy, but you know what? You'd never lose that place. When you have established a place in someone's heart, it's like your heart is a heart of many mansions and they've got their very own room. And (laughs) and today we're going to talk about the beautiful music, the life of John Canaan, a man that I have, oh, I just get tingles when I get to even say his name. He's been in my life since I was 28 years old, although I did not know him personally at that time. I'll tell you how he got brought into my life. John is a relationship coach and his business is The Path of Peace. And his website is pathofpeace.org. I want to give that to you right up front so that you can write that down and you're going to want to go visit that. He has been doing a beautiful coaching that originally started with sending the right message, which I have taken his courses. I've gone to his programs before and it's so fun to go because John sings to you while you're at his workshops. He is a stand-up comedian, so you'll, you'll be laughing, and you get to work on your relationships right there in these coaching experiences, and they are experiences, and they are wonderful, and so, John, you have done so many CDs. You've done so much music. You've been a, a musician for 50 years, at least. I can't believe that you're, you're that old. That means that you were writing music when you came out of the womb, right? <laughs> I'm, six, I'm 68 right now. oh my gosh so you wrote your first song when you were 18 yeah about 17 about yeah well I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear about this John you have lived a beautiful life thus far you have touched hundreds thousands of souls you've made big impressions on so many of us I I know people that love you and today I was talking to a friend on the phone and and she said I said, I get to interview John Canan tonight. And she said, oh, tell him hi from Becky Sampson. And so people everywhere, Denise Williams, people everywhere have just fallen in love with the music, the heart, the soul of John Canan. So John, I would love to start this because everybody has a story that catalysts the, the, the good work that they do in their life. And I know that you have a tender, beautiful, loving heart. And there's, there's got to be a story in there that has prompted wanting to bless marriages, uh, help those who are dating, go through relationship issues. And let's take me on that journey. Take our listening audience on that journey with you as you begin to share and unfold your life with, for us. I was born in San Diego and I quickly developed an interest in love, not so much giving love as finding it. <laughs> and I, I think that was in part every man's dream. <laughs> I just wanted someone to save me, basically. <laughs> and from who knows? Well, I mean, I 
think my dad was a wonderful, brilliant, wonderful father, brilliant man. He was the uh, head of, he was the president of the Democratic Party in San Diego. He was, um, you know, the guy that brought in all the presidential uh, leaders and he represented, he was in PR, he represented the San Diego police, he, colorful life. Mm -hmm. But he was an alcoholic. And that was not a small thing. That was everything. For a young kid like me, I, it put a little bit of a dark cloud on my heart mm. uh, on a constant basis. I think anybody listening knows what that's about if, if they've had experience. My mom, uh, she was also an extremely colorful woman. She was uh, at a national, nationwide radio show and, uh, or uh, syndication. She was in astrology. She was an astrologer and she was a brilliant astrologer. Uh, I mean, to this day, I, I couldn't even think of, you know, I've always had a little interest in astrology, but I, I can't, I can't go to another astrologer. My mom is astrology mm. and she was so warm and fun and, and a, a little hysterical at times, which is why they ended up my dad's alcoholism, my mom's kind of reaction to his alcoholism ended up in their divorce when I was about 21. Mm. I think the result of that in combination with the fact that I, I lacked a sense of kind of getting things done. I wanted life to kind of come to me and fix what I was feeling instead of me going after life and bring what I could give to life. I, I, in a sense, I was kind of self-absorbed, you know, most of my life, I would say. Uh, I think that's what led to the first divorce, uh, I've only had one divorce, what am I talking about? But I was, I was married to a wonderful woman, Margot, many of you may know her. And we raised five little, and to me, they're angels. You know, I, I love them. Mm. But one of the things that led to my divorce with Margot, uh, from my end at least, so she brought her own things to that package, was I just, it was about the John Canan show for me and how I could get more affirmation and more uh, approval and, uh, you know, more of whatever I thought I was needing, you know. So going back again in time to your original question, what's my story? What led to music? What led to couples coaching and to consciousness workshops was that sense of loneliness, that big hole. Mm -hmm in my heart and it was so deep, you know, I, I thank God that in the midst of that throughout my whole life, I always was optimistic, always positive. You know that about me. I just, wow. if I got any more positive. So witty and <laughs> joyful and nobody funner than yeah, you. I'm, and that's I'm, so amazing that that hole in the heart, because I have that too, yeah, that, just that right. insatiable desire to love and to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. Came born with it. And, and I'm glad you said that, Karen, because it's an interesting thing. Those of us that have that insatiable desire to be loved, ironically, also have this wonderful desire that goes with it, a little companion, and that is to love. Absolutely. It's kind of like the redeeming grace God gives those of us that have got that hole. And, I, and I've always had that. 
I've always said that. And I have too. And you stayed, <laughs> you had one divorce mm -hmm. and I had eight divorces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I used to be really ashamed and embarrassed of that to be yeah. belonging to a religion that believes in one God, one faith, one baptism and one husband. And there I was with one after the other. And, but that mm -hmm. aching longing yeah. to love and to have that fairy tale, that, that prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I started writing songs at about 17. The, 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 the love of my life at that age inspired the first 25 songs. Like one of them was called All of My Songs Are For You. They were the most brutal, what I call lack of love songs ever written. I mean, they were the kind of songs that to this day, you can find them a lot of them on Spotify, but if you're a drinking person, you'd want to get some beer and put some bubbles in your bath and, and uh, listen to my music to cry it out. So wow. They were, they were good for that. Uh, we can find those on Spotify just by going to John. Yeah, you can find a lot of my old. Right. Uh, we've eliminated from those lists some of the desperately tragic songs, but, but some of them are still there. And, I, and I, I think there's a place for that. But yeah, I, I, you know, I wrote, I've probably written over 200 of those kinds of songs. And then as I went on in life, after I had really had some wonderful experiences with music, I also started developing some interest in just people and relationships and, and started uh, even at 23 years old when I was at BYU, I would find that uh, people would come to me with their relationship problems and I would spend, you know, uh, a, a long amount of time working through their problems. Now, this is at the same time I was writing songs about my own broken heart. So that was an interesting combination. But what got introduced to me, which was so wonderful to me, you know, at one point, one of the songs I'd written uh, at the end of 1982, as some of you may know, a song called What If I Loved You, I wrote and became the number one song in Utah. In fact, at one point, I remember um, the number one song was Lionel Richie. I can't remember what it was. And then there was me, number two. And then there was um, somebody else, number three. And I'll never forget when mine went up to number one, What If I Loved You. And these were in the days when people were, we're not expecting some guy from uh, from Utah to uh, wow. You passed up Lionel Richie to show That's up with amazing. this with this love song type thing. It would be really fun to hear that. I would yeah. love if we could play that song on this show today. You know, we're going to break for some news and we're going to be right back. I'm loving this, John. It's just flowing and it's just, it's helping me to have such wonderful insight and so many things in common there with passion for the brokenhearted. We'll be right back after these messages.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. We're back. Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing my dear, it feels like my lifelong friend because I've known of John Command since I was 28 years old when my mother sent me a cassette, which she had repeated the song, You're Not Alone, probably 28 times onto a little cassette so that I could listen to it during a time when in my first marriage, when I was going through a time of lonely heart blues. Yes. Even in a marriage, I was feeling very alone, very deep heart with a very unquenchable desire to love and to have my love received. And I wasn't feeling received at the time. So finding John and finding this music that he wrote for the lonely hearts club was just absolutely amazing. And here was a man that was writing songs that were touching my heart in every way possible. And I just felt such a kinship to his great big heart, his such a insatiable desire to love, to be loved and such a huge ability to make all of us feel loved. And I think that that is one of John's greatest talents is his greatest talent is his ability to love. And that makes him so lovable, so irresistible. We just love you, John. So you were just mentioning the song that you wrote at that yeah, time, so, how you passed Lionel Richie up. So go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so it was really cool. So there was a station back then that was tracking all this action. Uh, they were the big station in Salt Lake and throughout Utah and part of Idaho was Color 95. And the story that led up to that moment was is just a fun memory for me because I, I had made this recording. I was the first artist ever uh, produced by Bonneville Records at that time. Bonneville had its own record label and I was the first artist, I think one of two, there was two of us, I think, but, but um, I didn't know what to do with the recording and they didn't know what to do with it. They'd spent an enormous amount of money on it. And that was back in 1980, about 81 or so. So I made some cassettes of it, of, of these four songs. One of them was What If I Loved You. And I went around to some apartments, to the female apartment buildings in Provo. <laughs> and under the name of Todd Harvey, John Canan's personal manager. Because I didn't want to say, I'm John Canan, and please listen to my music, see what you think. So I would just go around and say, look, I'm just doing a survey. Tell me what you think. And I would put the headphones, little Walkman on their head and say, what do you think of this? And they would say, oh my gosh, I've got to have this. Well, the first night out, I sold 20 cassettes going door to door before there were any cassettes. And so then I, then I would bring back the cassettes and say, by the way, I'm John Cadetta. This was feeding into the whole, the other dark sort of side of the self-absorption and the John Cadetta show and that played itself out later in, in, in some sad ways, as I mentioned earlier and alluded to. But in the midst of all this, God sort of, um, I would say there's been a lot of interventions in my life where God intervened. And one of the ways he intervened was Mike McLean. And Mike McLean, who was the producer before he was an artist himself, had produced What If I Loved You and all these other things, had just written a song called You're Not Alone. Mm. And he had a, a wonderful woman sing it at, at the women's conference. This was in about 1982 again, or some, somewhere in there. 
But then he wanted to put it on a CD and they just didn't feel good about this woman. And they went through tons of names and somebody went into his office and said, you just produced John Canan singing all these love songs. What? Don't you hear his voice on this? And suddenly he stopped and he said, oh my goodness, I do. And now at the time I was in LA in a little truck moving people's furniture from one apartment to the other and taking trash to the dump. And so his little phone call came at a good time and I flew up to LA and, and, and I'll never forget singing. To this day, it almost brings tears to me, you know, uh, in that darkened with the lights off. Wow. About 1981 or so, and uh, him coaching me on how to sing that song. Nobody could see my face, nobody could see my tears. But I knew that many people would be touched by his song. I'll never forget how he coached me into hitting the high note, which I can no longer hit on, you know, on those of you that know the original recording. Mm, so and uh, cool, John. I just knew, I just knew that this was something so important little and little that I know how important it would be for me but the stories I've heard through the years the uh, you know the millions of people that have been touched by this literally millions that have been touched by this Mike McLean song and I just can't tell you how um, much of a privilege it has been to to be a part of that and and then you know, as if I hadn't been blessed enough, I, I'm going up to do a seminar on relationships in Idaho, I think it was, I, I can't remember, but the other co-keynote speaker was Tim Ballard, who I'd never met. Wow. And Tim Ballard was there at the airport when we both arrived in this city to go to this conference. And my wife had just seen him in a magazine. And she said, that's Tim Ballard. And so I said, oh, we've got to go meet him. And so I walked over to Tim with my wife and I said, and I'm telling you all this in answer to your question, you know, your, what's been your experience in music and how does it intertwine with Absolutely. relationships? Absolutely, I want to hear it. We all love this. But, but I said, hi, Tim. This is my wife, Narelle Canan, and I'm John Canan. Tim started crying mm. <laughs> he started crying and he said john canan he said when i was 19 years old i walked back into my apartment from church and on the radio was a was a song written by Taylor castleton sung by you called let him heal your heart uh, and he said heart. it was that song he said that changed the entire course of my life. I would not be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that moment. And so I think of all the trouble in many ways that I have sort of left behind me, that's another story, but um, you know, being part of a divorce was very painful and a lot of that tragedy. And I think God still was able to use me in such these two dynamic moments in my life for which I, there's no words of gratitude. Thank you, Father in heaven, that I could be even on the sidelines for, uh, for these two musical miracles. So oh, John, let him heal your heart. So yeah, these two miracle songs that I was so grateful to be part of.
You know what, John? Oh, I was starting to say that let him heal your heart. And that song has touched. I've used it in so many experiences that I've used with women because I was a licensed massage therapist. And when I found your music, I just started, I thought I'm going to go on a mission with John Canan's music. And so sometimes I would play my music, but there would be often many times when I realized that these women who I was coaching and using uh, music and aromatherapy for that they needed a man's voice, that it had been a man that had wounded their heart, a man that had broken their heart, and they needed a man's, that vibration of this beautiful tone of voice to be the very thing that could heal them. Songs like, I'm sorry, I can remember times um, a woman being there on the massage table in tears because she was hurting because her husband had not he did not know how to say he was sorry. And I would say, I want you to listen to this song. And I want you to imagine that the savior is doing this divine apology for you through my friend, John Canan's voice. And boy, the tears would stream down cheeks Mm -hmm. and I am your prince. Oh, that's one of my very favorites, but so many experiences on the massage table with people needing that method of healing through music, mm-hmm. aromatherapy, and positive, compassionate, therapeutic touch. Um, so many people. And I just felt like John is on a mission with me. He doesn't even know it. He doesn't even know I'm playing his music for all these clients, but they were so touched. So many mm-hmm. hearts were lifted, edified, inspired, and healed. Mm-hmm. John, I w- we're going to wind up this little segment, but before we do, I just want you to Uh, know that I am so grateful, how candid, how open, how vulnerable, how transparent you're being with our audience today, because sometimes we hear these voices and we see people stardom and we think, oh, their life must have been so easy. They must have, you know, they just had this dream to sing and to write and, and look, they're out there inspiring and touching the world, but they don't realize that there was pain, that this much of this music is like the blood that streams from your heart. It's the lifeblood that comes from sad and hurting experiences, especially with your theme of mending broken hearts and being able to get in there and bless people with the song of your heart, the sound of music. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back, Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I am loving this opportunity to interview a wonderful man with with the biggest heart I know, John Canan. You may have heard his music in this very room, the songs that he has made famous, as well as songs that he's written himself. I do want to talk about in this very room, John, will you tell us, did you write that song? Can you tell uh, us? No, that, that's actually a very famous Christian song. Oh, I didn't but know. I, I think uh, you were famous to me that you made that song. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's an old, wonderful Christian song. But I, I, uh, I loved that song because 
I remember one time uh, I used to play in the malls. I loved I playing that. in malls. I, I had the time of my life. I, after a conference when Crossroads Mall was uh, right there and people would come out of conference and flow and I would be at the at the fountain just singing all this song and people would would come uh, uh, I remember this one woman came up put her arms around me and uh, from the back and said I always wanted to meet the person who who wrote that song you're not alone and uh, so going back to that song again and I turned around and I and I said well I I always wanted to meet the person I sang it to Oh, but then, and then she said, "Well, you just write, just write a little something to my kids that that I was here with you, I was here with John Cannon, and so what it wrote me, what I or what I wrote, kind of surprised both of us, and stood as a kind of a an earmark, I guess, or a, a bookmarker uh, when you turn down the page on a book." Because I wrote, you're not alone and you never were. Mm. And then we both just wept, mm. both of us, because we realized like Mike McLean had, himself had realized nine years, a nine year period after writing the song felt alone. But at the end of nine years, this one period of his life, nine year period, he was able to look back and see the pieces fit together and the, the foot mm. steps in the sand, like the poem gives. He was able to see it. He, he got the missing pieces and he saw that he never had been alone. And the same was true with the, in this very room, another great, that other great song you mentioned. I, one day in another mall now, Newgate Mall up in Ogden, I'm up there singing. And in their minds, they still thought I was a big number one hit on the radio. This was years afterwards, and I was just doing it just because it was fun. But but they set up, you know, all these hundreds of chairs ready for the big appearance of, you know, superstar John Canan. And so when I got there, now you remember, I, I've mentioned to you one of my weaknesses as a human being is that it it kind of tends to be the John Canan show for me. Now, Karen, you know that about me. You've known me personally for a long time. You know, <laughs> you know that. It, it, it's one of the ways that God has made me into some things I never could have been without having that weakness, as we read about in the scriptures. But, but still, that was sort of the backdrop. And this, in particular, was one of those days. So there's those 200 chairs set up, right? And how many people were in them? Zero. I mean, I was hoping at least maybe a dog would show up and sit down. <laughs> on one of them. But nothing, nothing. <laughs> and as I'm well, sitting, my dog showed up and started barking <laughs> in the middle of the Maybe radio. your dog could have showed up. But so as I'm singing this song in this very room, I had a very special experience. And I thought I saw just for a moment, every chair filled. Wow. And I, I, I don't still don't know what to think of or make of that, but I just remember it was pretty clear, all dressed in white, all loving the music. I there. believe it, John. Yeah. I believe that is your angel audience. I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful. Little, little experiences like that through the years have, have been, you know, and I had recently, because we're talking about music and I haven't really gotten into the workshops yet, but maybe I'll get into that in a little bit, but 
recently I had another, uh, you know, I haven't written a spiritual song uh, a, or a Christian song for probably uh, 50 years, uh, just a little bit after learning music at all. But my friend David Tolk had written a song called Blessings. And, and I'd been just listening to it every day and meditating it. And, was it just the uh, music? Was yeah, it just, he, that's all he does. He just writes instrumentals. And <clears throat> because I have shingles, I have to, what could be long-standing shingles, it's been over four months now, but I have to take a bath every day just to kind of make sure my nerves are calm. And during a lot of these baths, I listen to David Tolk's blessings. And I'd also been thinking at the same time through the last few weeks, this was about uh, two weeks ago, about something that had happened uh, to a friend of mine. He had gone down a very dark road and just about lost his, his wife to divorce and his family almost broke up. He told me one day, he said, John, um, you know, it's, as you know, what I've gone through and when it came to the surface, I, it was horrifyingly traumatic for me and of course my wife, because he'd gone down a very dark road. Mm -hmm. But it all came out and I won't refer to him by his real name, but I'll just say his name was Jerry. He said, John, God came to me in my heart. And he was very clear, speaking two messages. And he put them in order. <laughs> he said, Jerry, number one, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. But just put one foot in front of the other and keep going. You're mm. going to be all right. And then he said, but number two, keep looking at my face. Mm. Keep looking at my face. So I'd been thinking about that story that my friend told and i was getting to this one part in david tolk's song blessings and there in that little shingles bath it just all came first christian song in over 45 years wow and in fact yeah i i can read you the, the, i haven't oh, recorded it yet do. we want to hear the lyrics yeah but uh i just love uh oh because we got little time left here um on a cold and dreary night, in a dark and lonely distant place, a sudden comfort filled my soul, and I thought I saw his face. And as he looked upon my heartache, I felt a love that fills all time and space. Then he took my hands in his and said, just keep looking at my face. Then he melted all my grief and took my tears without a single trace. There was a light inside my heart, like I was looking at his face. As I prayed to understand him, how he could take me in his warm embrace, the shame and doubt that I have walked in disappeared inside his face. Still, the path's not always easy, yet he steadies every step I take and whispers deep into my soul, just keep looking at my face. Mm, oh, that's beautiful. Can't wait to hear you sing it. And I can't wait to hear it with the beautiful instrumental and those lyrics. Well, when you so, come back, I got to tell you the rest of the story because it's really cool. Well, we will. And I just, 
I love how music, how lyrics can just paint a picture of that dark road. And in the same, all in the same song, give you so much hope through the Mm -hmm. chorus and such beautiful instruction. Just keep looking at my face. I love that. John, I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. And I'm so excited for people to hear the John Canan story and the John Canan show, because uh, I remember going to the malls with you a couple of times. And I remember uh, being at the Scarecrow Festival with mm-hmm. you yeah. and uh, people coming across this huge field and saying, I heard your voices from the parking lot. And I knew that that if I didn't get to any other booth out here on this fall night in October, that I needed to get to this booth because we were playing our music, you're playing your music. You had, I guess you had arranged this and you were letting me play my music too. And I was meeting people and I thought he's so brave and so courageous to put his heart out there because my music was such a personal prayer. It was all spiritual songs for the Lord. And I'm so happy to hear these lyrics, so happy to hear what you've created. And it's going to mean so much to your friend who was going through the dark place, as well as to this, this new, this new instrumental that we all get to enjoy and hear. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. We're back. Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant interviewing our amazing, beautiful, wonderful friend, John Canan. And if you are just jumping into the call, you're going to hear about how he how he's saying Michael McLean's song, You're Not Alone. You're going to hear about in this very room and seeing angels seated in the seats at the Newgate Mall in Ogden. And wow, such beautiful things. But John has just shared the lyrics to the first spiritual Christian song that he's written in 50 years. And I'm so excited for you to go in, John, and tell us the story about this yeah, I was saying that these lyrics just just filled me. And again, Karen, it's it's so important to note, and, and I know that most people can relate to this, that we come, I mean, I, I came to this earth seemingly with certain built-in weaknesses. And I mentioned, you know, for lack of better words, a little bit of self-absorption and the John Canan show and all that. I have found every day of my life, God using that to sort of refine and grate certain stuff off the crust of my little earthly mm-hmm. um, mirage here that I have showed up as. And, and it's painful, like C.S. Lewis talks about in one of his books with taking the, you know, the scales off that dragon. I, 
I can't remember that part, but my son always quotes that to me. It's, it's been painful, but I have loved it. I have loved, and, and it's been in part because of this music that God just was making me part of. You know, at first they were all love songs and people were stopping me for my autograph. And I was woke up one morning from Color 95, uh, you know, saying, hey, we've got one of your uh, fans on the phone. She wants a date with you. And I'm on the you know phone with KSL, TV, all the TV stations were interviewing me, interviews. And I mean, for somebody that had a problem with self-absorption, this, this was a disaster. But at the other end of it was God. At the other end of it was saying, hey, John, we're just warming you up for, to do something real, which is with these other kind of songs and this other music and with You're Not Alone and then in this very room and Let Them Heal Your Heart and Together Forever video and all the, you know, the uh, original seminary songs, uh, Our Father's Plan, Come Unto Him, all those different things that, I, that I've been part of. So it's been a miracle to me. And here's what's interesting, Karen. You know, you said, um, I, I think, something about my voice and it having a certain feeling and a tone. And, and I've noticed it's very instinctive to me when somebody says, oh, I wish I could, I, I wish I, I could sing like you, or I wish I had your talent. I, I just instinctively, I'm not trying to be humble, but I, I often, almost always say, I do too. I wish I had it too, <laughs> because I've never felt it was me. And it's the strangest thing when I, when I've gone into the studio through the years, I can only say that something happens. And I think you can relate to this through your music and the gift that God's given you, but something, something happens that's beyond anything human. It, and it just, it takes over. And it's beyond John, me. Yeah. It feels like when you have that gift and that passion, it's almost like your spirit is doing the singing yeah, and it's just right. your body is just, it's coming through your mouth, but it is something celestial in your pre-mortal soul yeah. is the mission that you came with. And, and God is a God of opposition, allowing us to come with our weaknesses I remember, I have to just interject this. Yeah, I remember do. saying, how can you use a woman who's been married mm -hmm. more times than the woman at the well? Mm -hmm. And the thought came, well, you're going to give a lot of people hope because if they're going to see all the mistakes that you've made in judgment, errors in judgment, they're going to think, wow, God can certainly use me because he's using oh, yeah. her for an instrument. And yeah. I think we get these weaknesses to keep us in that place of humility Yes. And dependency right. upon God. Mm -hmm. And then he gives you this equal portion of this beautiful gift. And I, and, you know, I, I never saw you as John self-absorbed Canaan. I saw you as John with the most amazing heart, loving people, being there for people, people loving you. You had a quality of the saviors that had this piece of irresistibility that we all just loved and and felt pure love for and i just i thank you for sharing this part of the experience because even though i knew you and had times in my life when i was super close to you 
I never knew this. I, you never evidenced it. It never felt like it was obvious. It just, what was obvious was your passion for people and all of your Valentine's day programs, you know, doing these beautiful couples, Valentine's nights and always coming on Valentine's night to your programs where you sang the love songs and Mm -hmm. love songs for old girlfriends. We would laugh. The audience would laugh. You just made us all laugh at ourselves and our own weaknesses. And it was amazing. So I hope you're okay with me uh, taking that bunny trail. I love that. Yeah. So so beautiful. And so I kind of to build on, on the theme that you just mentioned is that I can, I can honestly say that, if I didn't have God in my life, then whatever has been a weakness, whether it's self-absorption or maybe, you know, sometimes not getting the picture like I should, or, you know, the lack of perspective or whatever the weakness is, it is in those weaknesses, like you said, Karen, that God has provided a feeling of, I don't know where to go other than you, God. I just, and, and so there's been so many interventions where he's just taken me into a state of being that my own nature was in opposition to. And so when you said, well, no, John, I've only noticed your love. Well, that's God. That's God in me. And he's just saying, hey, if you'll just get out of the way just a little bit, John, you cannot believe what I can do through you. (laughs) That's what I've always felt him saying that. Just try to, I'm not judging you. I've never felt judged by Heavenly Father, but I just know he's just trying to just move my little five foot six body just to the left or right, just a little bit so he could shine in. And to the degree that I let him, we've had such amazing experiences that I could never thank God enough for in our workshops in my couples coaching and all the musical experiences I've had, it's just nonstop God moments. And for that, I'll, I'll go out of this life rejoicing to have had a marriage to this now amazing wife. I'm just a, an amazing marriage where we just wake up each day and we're freaking out. It's like Christmas, you know, and to have these 10 kids, my five originals, my five additionals, all just little beams of light, you know, Mm. all have gone their own little way in life, but each one of them is like a little lighthouse, all 10 of them. And between the kids, between Narelle, between the involvement I've had in music and workshops, I'm here to say it's a, it's a fun time on earth. Well, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to Narelle because what a supporter like she, mm-hmm. I remember before you got married and how she was your, your manager, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She absolutely loved what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone on the face of this earth could have matched that passion in that woman for what you were doing and what you were creating and then stood so closely by your side without any hint of jealousy, just absolutely celebrating all the way. So proud of you, such a perfect gift in your life at that time. Mm-hmm. And I just, Narelle, wow, what a woman, what a beautiful example of a supportive wife who loves her husband, loves his gift 
um, understands if you had any weaknesses, Narelle was never pointing them out. She was just celebrating you all the way. You know, my, my divorce was really painful for me, uh, Karen. And after 10 years of being single, I had a good friend of mine, you know, I'm Jeff Ferreira. And he said, John, as he met Narelle one day, he said, John, you've got to know Narelle is a bouquet of flowers directly from God. <laughs> that is so darling. And I love Jeff, Jeff Herrera. We shout out to you too. That's so awesome. You know, I think it's beautiful what you've created uh, to helping people to, if you were self-absorbed to moving into helping mm-hmm. men, yeah. the wounded warrior in every man. And on my podcast uh, radio show this last Sunday, I have included with your permission, one of your songs about the wounded warrior. I love these songs that you've written and the boy I love, um, the song that you wrote, the boy I love. So many powerful songs to help men to understand themselves, their own emotional clearing journey uh, of becoming from self-absorbed men into transparent, vulnerable, giants who are full of love and that's really what mm-hmm. every man wants is just to be loved it, and I, it is yeah. i love that your whole coaching program just builds on builds on this and so we're i'm going to invite you back we're going to do a whole nother show on your pathway to peace because i think that so many of our listeners will appreciate your skills as a dating coach as a life coach as a marriage coach as a divorce coach, as a breakup coach. And I'm sure you've blessed so many marriages to get away from the precipice called divorce, get away from the brink of disaster, if at all possible. So John, thank you so much for being here with me today. I want you to give out your website. We have a few seconds left. Could you just- It's, uh, it's Path of Peace, one word, pathofpeace.org. Okay. And, uh, and right now, by the way, uh, we're offering our whole marriage course for free for a limited time. It's just the whole thing. I am there, honey. I am there. It's all there. We will be back with you in part two. This is Carolyn Grant, Joy Coaching America with John Canan. Thank you, John. I love you. Mm